Hey, 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 friends. Welcome to the Naked Podcast. I'm your host, Martisa Williams. In this space, we'll explore a whole range of practices for our individual and collective freedom. My entire life has been spent soaking up practice after modality, after protocol, to free my body and soul. Join me in conversations with the world's foremost thought leaders on topics ranging from health to sex to spirituality to justice. So, are you ready to get naked with me? Well, let's talk about it. Hey, hey, hey now. Uh, Super happy that you're here. And just a heads up, I will not be doing a whole lot of solo shows. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I introduce myself. Y'all know who I am. Could talk about the intention of the podcast, a little bit of like random shit background for me, because it's important to me. Um, I One of the questions that I ask all my guests is like, what made you you? And I'll ask myself that question a little later. But it's important to me, like, that we know who we're talking to, we know what made them, we know what biases they have um, for the most part. Um, And then that way it creates like credibility and actual connection and intimacy and relationship. So I wanna make sure that you guys know who I am at least a little bit. And I know that you will continue to get to know me through this process, but I really want this to feel like a relationship in some way. All of my favorite podcasts feel like that. Like I feel like I'm listening to my best friends. So that's the point of this episode is to get to know me a little bit better. And I hope through the process of all this, I'll get to know you guys a little bit better. So to start, I just want to talk about my intention behind this, this podcast. Honestly, the thought behind starting this freaking podcast literally came from just like a little intuitive nudge that I had. I like about six or seven weeks ago, had this random, like, you should start a podcast. And I was like, well, fuck, let me try. Um, It also comes from multiple things, the, like, topic at hand, because I'm a huge podcast listener, um, huge, huge, huge podcast listener. And some of my favorite podcasts were talking about health and spirituality or justice and well really not justice mostly just health and spirituality but they were white cis folk specifically men and all of down fucking california with a bunch of fucking money and like just are not connected to me or my story in any way or anyone that i may associate with really and they had great information. That's why I was always listening to it. And it gave me some perspective about, you know, other folks. Um, but it just never landed. It never felt connected for me. So my whole desire, like the whole premise of my brand is about getting us free. It's about stripping away all of the layers, all of the things that we do that um, keeps us from being our most authentic, pure, divine selves. And I believe in order of us to be 
completely free. We have to be free physically from like a health and wellness standpoint. We have to be free emotionally. We have like all the trauma, all of the emotional bondage that we may have. We have to be free spiritually. We have to be connected to whatever feels in alignment for our spirituality and our belief system. And we have to be free socially from a social political level. We have to be free when we walk out of our door and leave our own internal world. We need to see freedom reflected back at us. And so this podcast is really about exploring all of the things that can get us free personally from like an individual wellness, spiritual, emotional space to an external social, political earth space. And I'm really excited to like have these conversations. We're literally going to be talking to, um, big names and experts in their field, people that I've connected with their work or people that has been recommended to me that I'm interested in connecting with their work um, to really kind of tease apart all of these different practices. How do we get more connected with the land and with the earth and how do we treat it well? How do we um, make sure that our body is nourished and that we're working with our own rhythms in ways that we should be. We're going to talk about these damn glasses I have on for the listeners who are not watching me. Um, I have on my Summer Glow from Blue Blocks glasses, and we're going to talk with biohackers and folks that are in the more uh, human optimization space. Um, We're going to talk about a whole bunch of shit. And for me, what's really important is that we're talking about it from a lens of anti-oppression. We're talking about it from a lens of anti-racism. We're talking about it from a lens of anti-sexism, anti-homophobia, anti-transphobia. We're talking about it from all of those different point of views, because if you're not, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we live in this world together. We have to learn how to be together. And unfortunately, at least from what I've seen, that's not a um, commonplace practice in the health and wellness and spiritual podcast that at least I've been privy to. If you have some, send them bitches my way because I need to be up on game because I ain't. Um, but what I do want to say is that I'm not perfect. My ethic is one of anti-racism, anti, anti-capitalism, anti-transphobia, anti-homophobia, anti-ableism. I am still constantly learning how to be in better relationship with folks that fall into those groups and my own decolonization work around white supremacy and sexism and all of that shit and homophobia. So I say all that to say that I'm not going to be fucking perfect, but I am always, always, always going to be striving to live in that, in that way. Um, And I'm going to be accountable to the ways in which I fall short of that. And please, if I say something that offends you and you feel comfortable or whatever, feel free to reach out and be like, yo, when you said that thing, it hurt me, caused me harm because I always want to be accountable to that. Um, And another thing is that I'm going to have guests on here that are from all different walks of life that have all different beliefs, like that may not be in my radical bubble because I think all of the voices are important. And I will make sure that when we may be talking about something that 
is insensitive or may cause harm, that I give you a trigger warning in the beginning of the episode so that you're not going in blind. So yeah, like I will do all those things and I want this to be a working relationship. So please reach out, DM me, email me, whatever. You got my number, call me, like do all those things. Um, Because I also want, if you want to hear something on the podcast, let me know. I'm going to find different experts. I have literally experts from all over the world at this point. So, you know, it's just a matter of sending some emails. Um, So yeah, that's my intentions behind the podcast. Um, Please let me know if you have other questions about it. Um, I really am interested in your, give me your feedback, like give me your feedback as this goes along, because I'm really wanting this to be a space for us rather than just a space for me. Cool. The next thing I wanted to talk about or ask myself is the question I asked all of my guests in the beginning is what made you you? So, oh God, this is such a, this is such a loaded freaking question. Um, oh, you know what? Before I go there, I just want to say another thing about the podcast and I've already cussed on it, but I cuss. I say where my favorite word is fuck. Um, and so if that makes you uncomfortable, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just, that's who I am. That's how I'm going to talk. Um, it feels cathartic for me. I also feel like I don't have to explain myself in using the F word or any other words that I may use. Um, but just, you know, just so you know what to expect, I cuss a lot. So if that's uncomfortable, I'm sorry. Kind of. Um, okay. So on this question, what made me me? I say the biggest thing ever is one, being a Black woman and being raised by a group of Black women. Um, I was raised, at least in my brain, I was raised primarily by my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, and one of my older cousins. And I am so deeply grateful. It's also like what has informed in so many ways. And I didn't know this as a young kid, but I've known this growing up that like, it is one of those things that has really informed my understanding of self, but not only my understanding of self on an individual level, but my understanding of self on a collective level. I feel very, very proud to be a part of this little like cohort, not very little, but this cohort of like black femininity and black femdom and black womanhood. it almost feels like a religious affiliation for me. Um, It is one of my most, the closest, most proud, um, endearing um, identifiers for me. So I think that is like at the crux of like what has made me me is being raised by these intelligent, extremely strong, extremely kind, extremely empathetic, working, hardworking individuals that also created like a spiritual foundation for me, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, I would say another thing that had a huge, huge, huge impact on who I've become is the fact that I grew up on the Northeast side of Detroit, um, but I went to schools in the suburbs in all white schools. So my entire life I've gone to private schools which is not to say like private schools are the bomb or whatever, whatever. I'm very fucking grateful for my um, education. It has, you know, obviously afforded me a whole fuck ton of privilege, but it has also, I mean, and not but, but like, and it has given me a very 
interesting um, like view on the world because even though I grew up in Detroit, like my mom made an appoint to um, after, after school, she made it a point to make sure that everything that I did was black. Since every day for eight hours, I was among white people. She really needed me to have that balance of like being around black people, knowing my people, knowing our culture. And so like the majority of the books that I read were black books, like um, the majority, well, all of my dolls and things like that were black. I went to gymnastic in the hood. I went, to, you know, like I was around black folk outside of school, um, along with my family, obviously. But inside of school, I got this really interesting um, relationship and proximity to whiteness, where now the biggest effect that I say it has is that I'm very comfortable being around white folk. And I'm, I, white people see me as a safe space in a lot of ways. They see me as, um, comfortable to be around. And that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just an interesting phenomenon and something that not all Black folk have a relationship to because white people don't necessarily feel safe for a lot of Black folk. So um, growing up in Detroit was, it's another one of those things that like, I will forever be a Detroiter. I will never change my, <laughs> I will never change my my phone number because I will always want to have a 313 um uh, area code, but it's like the most triumphant like place to ever be. I mean, now it's like really problematic because, you know, we have just wild gentrification going on, but you know, the quote unquote Detroit is back, even though I have a shirt, this is Detroit never left. But, um, I love, I love saying that, like, I just love being from Detroit. I love the cultural history that comes from Detroit. I love the incredible music that has come to Detroit, even though I don't really love some of the artists, new artists, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I love being a Detroiter. I love going home. I love the culture and art scene. Um, I love what it feels like driving down seven mile in the summer when everyone's out and Folks are just walking on the street and just hanging out. There's nothing to me that feels like Detroit. So, um, yeah, I had, you know, that's just, it's home. And I will forever have a bias. And anyone says any shit about Detroit, I got some shit to say back. So I would say the next thing um, that I have my little, like, bullet points here for y'all. But the next thing that, like, really made me me was in high school getting exposed to um, Black feminist literature. Um, I first read, I think I first read The Bluest Eye. I don't remember the crowd, like what time frame this happened, but I think I first read The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Um, shout out to my English teacher, Miss Brooks, but like read The Bluest Eye and was like, oh my God. First of all, Toni Morrison is a wizard with words, a freaking prophet, but like just learning about colorism in that way, I think it also in a lot of ways sparked my relationship to writing. I used to write a lot and now I really just write for Instagram. Um, but learning how to like wordsmith in the way that Toni Morrison did like lit me on fire. And then I fell in love with For Color Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Was Enough um, because 
it gave me language and illustration of my own story in a lot of ways and the story of the women around me in a lot of ways that I had not seen put together like that. I mean, even the title in and of itself, To I can sit here and like write a whole dissertation about. But I fell in love at some point in high school, I fell in love with For Color Girls and it completely changed my life. It changed my relationship to men, it changed my relationship to other Black women, it gave me context in so many ways, and I think is very much responsible for me majoring in gender studies um, when I got to college. So I moved to Rochester, New York um, to go to the University of Rochester. I'm just telling all my business, but it doesn't matter. Um, I moved to, to go to U of R and um, study gender studies. I took all the classes that I could on critical race theory. And I wrote so much, every time I had a paper, I'm writing about black women. Um, and so it gave me not only that I like have this passion, this passion for blackness and this passion for black femininity. Now I had like historical, social, anthropologic, anthropologic? okay, words, um, it gave me an academic context to understand my own being, the being of those around me. So then it just made me like super analyze like everything all the time. It also is where, um, I mean, I had a justice focus in high school, um, but I really got into a justice focus in college and understanding, um, understanding the necessity for, um, Black and feminist liberation movements, like really understanding what those are about and recognizing too that they're like, I fell into this space of realizing and like really being attached to the fact that the personal is political and growing an ethic based off of all of the literature that I read and all the work of Black femmes before me that um, none of us are free until all of us is free. And now there's some nuance to that conversation. And I'm really excited to have that actually next week um, with Ebony Janice Moore. But um, in reality, like we are such an interdependent system and we rely so deeply on each other. And what happens in my internal world, how I decolonize myself, how I handle my trauma, how I um, get to my truth directly impacts the truth and the the health, emotional, mental, spiritual health of the collective on large. So I went to school for gender studies. I minored in business. Um, I became an entrepreneur. I fell out of love with school, still in love with learning, but just fucking hated school. And um, then I, you know, went into the workforce, started a business and did all these things. But I think that right there, that long story is what really made me me. All of these different um, aspects. Um, in a lot of ways, my relationship to men has, you know, cultivated who I am. Um, in a lot of ways, um, my sexuality, I'm pansexual and um, I have dated men for the last, well, forever, 
since I've been dating, but um, have dated men almost primarily for the last six years um, on accident. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's like kind of all these different things that has really made me me and informed me, but I hope we get more into that nitty gritty so you really feel, so we have a connection um, as the podcast goes on. Okay, so uh, I, when I was planning on doing this episode, I reached out to, I put a little something out on Instagram and asked what y'all wanted to know about me. So I'm going to share. The first question was, what's my sun, moon, rising, Myers-Briggs, human design, anagram? So I don't know shit about Myers-Briggs. I don't know shit about anagram. I will find those out and let y'all know. Um, but what I do know is I'm a, I'm a Capricorn sun, an Aries moon, and a Cancer rising. And we're going to talk about astrology. I'm really into astrology. Um, but to sum that up, what that means, I don't even know how to sum that up, to be honest. I mean, I have Capricorn in five different planets. Um, so there's that. I have a lot of masculine, I hate using gendered terms, but I don't have better language for it. So that's how I'm using it. Excuse that. But like, um, masculine, I have lots of masculine energy. I have lots of go-getter, go-do, make-it-happen type energy. Um, But what's important is that my moon is in Aries, which rules how I see myself and uh, my emotional world, which is all fire. So one thing to know is that sun, my sun sign Capricorn is um, an earth sign. My uh, moon is a fire sign, which feels very clear to me because that's the moon sign is what I like connect to most. Uh, I'm a go-getter. I'm a hustler whatever, but, and I actually don't even really want to be, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, My moon sign feels like how I would identify myself. And that's by my fire, by my passion, um, in a lot of ways by my relationship to anger. Um, so yeah. And then my rising sign is in cancer, which is a water sign and it is how people see me. Um, cancers are kind of ruled by the mother, the archetype of the mother, um, nurturing, emotional, fluid, um, relational, I'm not an astrologer, but this is my understanding of these things. Um, so yeah, those are those. That's my sun moon rising. Um, and then my human design. I'm a generator, which 60% of the world's population are generators. It's the people who make things happen, generate energy. People get energy from us. Um, And one thing that I think is really interesting about generators is that we are most in alignment with our human design when we are doing things that are lighting us up, when we're doing things that feel very much in alignment, um, because in order for us to get our energy, we have to be getting energy from things that make us feel good. Um, So that's why the more that I lean into my human design, the clearer that I get um, about the things that are lighting me up. And then the boundaries, I set a lot of boundaries around those things for myself. 
um, if you're interested in talking more about that kind of stuff, let me know and I'll try and find someone to get on the podcast. Um, the next question was, when did you start working with plant medicine and what brought you into that world? So a little bit of context. Um, I started an herbalism program um, a few months ago and um, I've been working a lot with herbal medicine um, been learning to forage and I'm actually learning to hunt as well. Um, I wanted a deeper relationship to the earth. I needed to feel connected to the world around me and also needed to feel like at some point this structure is going to fall down and I need to know how to feed myself if it does. And so, um, yeah, that's really what brought me to it is wanting to have a deeper relationship with plants. And um, I living in upstate New York means I live in some of the wildest lands that we have, um, which is why I stay here. Um, I love being like 10 minutes from like farmland and like 30 minutes from the mountain. And so, yeah, I'm learning how to go out and sustain, my, be able to sustain myself through the earth and building that, that relationship with it. Um, it's been really beautiful. And I will be having Herbalist on the show to talk more about that. Um, one of the questions, which I think is kind of cute, is uh, what do you eat and do daily, like a routine, and then my yoga practice? So um, one thing that I should have said because it has completely changed my life is, um, that I'm a yoga teacher. So, um, I became a yoga teacher a couple years ago, but I've been practicing yoga since high school off and on. Um, and most recently I actually decided to stop teaching in studios um, I mostly teach for um, Books and Yoga, which I co-founded with my close friend, Hannah, and um, practice just for myself. And uh, But what I do on our daily routine, ideally, I'm going to tell you all my ideal routine because this is a work in progress to try and actually execute this every day. But my ideal routine and what I do, I do wake up early. I wake up around six o'clock every morning, which I guess would be early for some folks. Um, so I will wake up early. Um, my hope is that I don't look at my phone, but that definitely doesn't happen most days. Um, and to try and do some meditation, drink some water, first of all, do some meditation, move my body in whatever way feels good. Again, things that I'm working towards, not that's always happening, and make me some breakfast and sit outside. Those are really important for me. Making breakfast, cooking is something that is like a self-care practice for me. Cooking myself, nourishing foods, ingesting some type of wild herb or not even just wild, but just like some type of herb. So usually I'll make myself some tea or make myself a latte. That happens on most days. Um, and I'll sit outside in the sun on my balcony that I like need that. I need to have sunlight on my body and I try and get as naked as possible while I'm doing that because there are so, so many benefits to sun exposure, but we're going to talk about more of that in the podcast. Um, but yeah, so I go outside, drink my tea, do my thing, have my breakfast. And then on weekdays, I go to work. Um, 
these days, because we're still in quarantine, it looks like going to my work desk and signing in. Um, I work for a marketing agency. I'm a project manager. So um, I work my eight hours. And then after work, I do whatever I feel like doing. I'm really big on like allowing my intuition to kind of decide what feels good for me in that moment. Um, these last month and a half has looked like me working on the podcast afterwards, doing podcast interviews. But if I don't have some kind of commitment, my hope is that I'm getting outside in some way, I'm playing with my dogs, or most many days, not most days, but many days, it looks like packing a bowl and sitting on my couch and listening to music, reading, or watching some really dramatic show on Netflix. Um, the next question is what's your favorite movie and why? And that's an easy one. It is the whiz. Um, because I grew, <laughs> this is one of those things that like after school, everything that I, everything I consumed was black. Um, I, to this day have not watched the original Wizard of Oz or Cinderella because Brandy is my Cinderella and Diana Ross is my Dorothy. So um, I think those two movies, like they just remind me of my childhood. I could tell you and sing all the songs, that kind of thing. So um, also I just, it's beautiful fucking theater, like Motown produced movies. Yes, that's exactly what I want to watch. Um, second to last question, what's your religious spiritual upbringing? Great question, because I did not talk about that enough in the what made you you thing. Um, so I grew up with a mother, an aunt who was really interested in like new age, uh, metaphysical unity Christianity. So like, I don't even know how to explain it, to be honest. Um, I grew up in a church where Marianne Williamson was my pastor. Yes. The Marianne Williamson that ran for president this election term. Um, she was my pastor in, in Detroit. Well, technically in a suburb of Detroit. And um, A Course in Miracles was kind of the crux of this church. A Course in Miracles is a, um, a spiritual text that at the end, like the, the crux of it is that like all things are love and we're all getting back to love. And Marianne Williamson wrote a book called A Return on Love, which is probably the cornerstone of my spiritual identity. So I grew up in a kind of interesting relationship because it, my, my mom, my family, like they identify as Christians, but in a lot of ways, they're a little bit more new age, not a little bit, they're a whole lot more new age than just your kind of standard Christianity. In high school, we started going to a Baptist church, which very different from the church that I grew up in. And I can't say that that really formed my spiritual upbringing in a lot of ways. I mean, it formed my relationship to God in some ways, like my my belief that there is like a higher power. I'm going to call it God. I don't know what you call it. Like, I don't care what you call it, but like God is the name that like feels right for me. To me, it's not 
it's not like a guy, an old white man in the sky, obviously. If it's going to be a human, she's going to be a Black queer woman. Um, actually, probably a Black queer trans individual. Anyway, like, you know, like they're not going to have a bunch of fucking binaries and things. But I don't believe it's a human in the sky. I believe it's like the energy, whatever. I don't know. Who fucking knows? We're not about to sit here and talk about, we're not going to sit here and like um, analyze what God is. I mean, we can, but we'd be here for the rest of our lives. My spirituality is literally the connection between like new aged, Course in Miracles based, a return to love philosophy and yogic philosophy. When I got into yoga, I fell in love with asana. And then in becoming a yoga teacher, I began to realize and understand the depth of the practice um, of the eightfold, um, eight limb practice. And so um, that kind of brought me into a little bit of like Buddhism and um, obviously the yogic philosophy. And so my spiritual beliefs at the moment has, um, has kind of a little hodgepodge of all these different things. Um, and at the end of the day, I kind of just, res- I resolve it and being like, I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, I don't know what the quote unquote truth is. Um, my belief is that we are of love and our whole reason to being here is to get back to love. Um, the yogic path is one of the ways that I try and do that. Um, but yeah, so there's like the spiritual religious. I hope that even made sense. Cause I feel like I was babbling the whole time. So thanks for your questions. The last question that I ask all of my guests is what is lighting you up these days? And I'll just kind of wrap all of this up in a bow with that. And I think what's mostly lighting me up these days is, recognizing my own growth. My primary drive in this lifetime is to transcend. And now that seems like a really lofty, heavy word, but to me, that really just looks like getting back to love. It looks like getting to the truth of who I am, hence getting naked. Um, It is um, coming into quote unquote, right relationship with the earth, other humans and myself. Um, and it's really cool for me to see my own growth in that, to see me healing some of this, both ancestral trauma and just the own trauma that I've picked up throughout my life. Um, and that I'm sitting in gratitude around that work and it's lighting me up to see the person that I'm becoming. Um, and it's kind of weird for me to sit here and be like, that's what's lighting me up. It's me. <laughs> but um, I am going to work to being less like, I'm, 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 I think the biggest thing is that I have decided not to be small anymore. I am choosing to fuck all the shame, say fuck to all, fuck you to all the shame that I need to be small. I need to play small. I need to act small. I need to act quote unquote humble or at whatever. Like I am a woman, I am deserving and it has taken a lot to get there. And so in a lot of ways, like being in this space of working those things out and coming into my own power um, is lighting me up because they're, I'm, haven't always been that way. 
I haven't always been a person that had, I mean, there, I'm sure there's people that would like argue that because I've always come off as confident, but I've been in really, really insecure spaces in my life and I'm growing out of it, which I think is beautiful and I'm grateful for. Um, so that's lighting me up, me and my growth and also my relationship to the earth and to the plants. That's really lighting me up. And, uh, this podcast and you and taking this journey with you, lighting me the fuck up. So thank you um, in indulging me in this. And um, thank you for being here and being on this journey with me. I'm really fucking excited to do this with you, um, to have these conversations and to hope that we all kind of grow and get better out of it. Um, So yeah. I will see you next week for the first official episode. We'll be talking to Ebony Janice Moore, who is a freedom fighter. um, And her work really centers around dreaming ourselves free, which we could all use some um, of that. But I will talk to you next week. I'm so grateful for you. See you later.